Farm Foundation is an outreach of the Permanent Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. New Bildad Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Seven Springs community on New Bildad Road each Sunday morning at 10.30 and Wednesday night at 6.30. The Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny Rob community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10.30. Your speaker today is Elder Joseph Arnold, pastor at the New Bildad Church. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Old Testament prophet Zephaniah. 
his position in history is one that is very interesting. He is a contemporary of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, if you remember, was tasked with an unenviable task. He's supposed to warn the people, tell them destruction is coming, but the Lord has already told them they're not going to listen. Even when, in Jeremiah, you can even see it in Jeremiah 6.16, he said, See, and ask for the old paths and walk therein. And they said, we won't ask or walk therein. And he said, hearken to the voice of the trumpet. And they said, we will not hearken. Chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Now there's another part of this history that we find and that I find is very interesting. This is during the reign of King Josiah. Now Josiah began to reign at the age of eight years old. And when you read that Josiah became king, the next thing you read, it says in the 18th year of his reign. So when Josiah begins the work, that did produce a bit of a revival. He was 26 when that occurred. There were 18 years. What do you think was happening in the 18 years and the years before Josiah became king. The two kings before Josiah filled God's house with the worship of false gods. Do you think God has a problem with this? Do you think it would be wrong for us to bring a different God to this house and worship it instead of God? Or, you're going to find that there's something else that they do that's very unique. Let's read on. I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of the heaven and the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks with the wicked. I will cut off man from off the land, saith the Lord. The Lord does not sound very happy about the situation, does he? He's going to destroy it all. He's going to wipe his land clean because of disobedience and idolatry, folks. That can happen. That can happen to churches, nations, individuals, families. You name it, it can destroy us. It can destroy you. It can destroy me. It has happened. Because, let me tell you a little bit about Josiah. Josiah, when the 18th year happened, he commissioned the people to work on the house of God. That's good. And through the next chapter and a half of the book of 2 Kings 22 and 23, He's cleaning out the places of the worship of the false gods in God's house. 
He's instituting the Passovers and the feasts that are supposed to be happening. When they read him the law, he was astonished how bad it had gotten. But when he did those things, and the people sort of followed it, not entirely, God spared him for a little while, didn't he? He said that I will not destroy this land until I brought you, Josiah, to your father. So the things that were coming, this right here, did not occur until Josiah passed away. So God was gracious, wasn't he? But there was still a problem. The heart had not really changed in the nation at all. The next year, the generation that followed after Josiah was the last good king they had before destruction came. And it did come. If you want to see the aftermath of it, read the book of Lamentations. How the entire city had been destroyed, and even the good prophet Jeremiah had said he had forgot prosperity. So let me, let me tell you this. You think your troubles and the things that you do wrong won't affect others? Think again. Jeremiah was a good man. He was a good prophet. He got scourged, I'm sure, and things of that nature. But he had to suffer with the rest of the people. He suffered greatly. There's a reason he is called the weeping prophet. Can we become weeping preachers? weeping people of God when we see the condition of His worship. Or should we? Let's read on. I will stretch out my hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place and the name of the cherims with the priest. These are the false prophet priests that are in the house of God. And the Lord says, I'm going to cut them off too. And them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops. Now folks, there is a difference between the creator and creation. We should be worshiping the creator, not the things the creator made. The pantheists say that when God created everything, he created it out of himself. and that everything that you see, they're God. Well, there is a distinction between the God of heaven and the creation that he made. He didn't make it out of anything. He spoke it, and it was so. When he made light, he said, let there be light, and it was. Let there be light, and it was. And then he goes through all the life that he created. Made it all in six 24-hour days. And yes, I believe that. About 6,000 years ago, God created this earth and everything you see in six 24-hour periods. And them that worship and swear by the Lord and that swear by Malcolm. Does anybody know who Malcolm is? Jeremiah calls him a different name. He's Molech. He's the false god of prosperity. They were worshiping or trying to worship both. It don't work. It didn't work in their day. It didn't work in Jesus' day. He said you cannot serve two masters. 
You cannot serve God and mammon. What is mammon? Riches. Riches can choke out the word of God, can't they? We read it, we read in the parable of the sower. The soils, and you know, everybody can fit into those categories at some time in their life. I'm sure of that. How many times have you heard a sermon and God blesses it? And the devil snatches it away from you and you forget it by Monday. Any of y'all have any trouble with that? Have you ever had heard it and you got real fired up and you went for a while and endured for a little while, but you had no root and it didn't last? You ever been there? Have you ever had the cares of this life and the cares of riches choke out the word? Have you ever been there? Now, I'm thankful that we can have times that we can see some revival. We can see some fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold. Those are good times, aren't they? When the Lord blesses it to happen. But is there ever times in our lives that we lose focus on Him? And here the case is, they're trying to hold on to the Lord and they're trying to hold on to their old way of life. The comfortable way of life. The worship of Baal, the worship of Malcolm or Molech or whoever is not compatible with God. It doesn't work. Because, folks, I want to tell you something else. I believe in moral absolutes. I believe that God, when He said it's right, it's concrete right. And if He says it's wrong, it's concrete wrong. And it doesn't change. He didn't change his mind. And them that are turned back from the Lord, and those that have not sought the Lord, nor inquired for him. Can we ever say that we've ever seen anybody that kept turned back? Demas turned back. That Demas was a fellow soldier in the book of Philemon. And then he went back loving this present world too much. What Paul told, same author of both books at different time frames, and you see Demas there, and then Demas is gone. He turned back. Now, I want to tell you, can someone turn back and repent? John Mark did. He turned back, but then he is in the same chapter where Demas had forsaken him. Paul said, bring John Mark, for he's profitable to me in the ministry. Is that important? Do we need to be profitable in God's ministry? Can we addict ourselves to the gospel? If you can go back in a couple weeks on Mount View's site, Brother Ricky's got an excellent piece on that. Out of the book of Corinthians, they had addicted themselves to the gospel and the ministry of the saints. Would it do us well to do the same thing? nor inquired of him, for him. What do you think that would mean? Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. In their time of help, in their time of trouble, they didn't seek the Lord. Where else would you go? He's got all the answers. I won't surprise you guys. The Lord's smarter than all of us put together. I hope that didn't surprise you too much. That God knows what you need before you ask. Should we inquire of him anyway? 
Did he call on us to pray? Let me put it to you this way. Everybody knows my prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All those things. The Lord Jesus Christ, when, before he said that, he said, when you pray, pray this way. Sounds like he intended for us to pray. He expects it. When you pray, you're going to pray. When you pray, do it this way. Do it with this mindset, if you will. Ask for the things that you need and be thankful for the things that he's already provided. And recognize him as the king of all creation. But these folks have forgotten that. They've forgotten who their creator is. They have forgotten how to do a lot of this stuff. I mean, they had not been doing it and I've been reading to where Josiah said that he was astonished. Hold thy peace at the present for the Lord presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice, he hath bid his guests. He has called on them to repent. He intends for them to be where he intends for them to be. In his house, with nothing else there but him. Be in his presence. Because he's at hand. Is the Lord still at hand? Well, I mean, think about this. The Lord is everywhere present, nowhere absent. David said, if I go into the heavens, you're there. If I make my belly in the bed of hell, you're there. Do you think the Lord was Jonah in the belly's of the belly of the whale. Was he there? He didn't have to be in the belly of the whale with Jonah. Jonah hadn't didn't shouldn't have been there to begin with. But how many times are we the same way? How many times do we want just the Lord just to go ahead and take vengeance on them? How many of us have ever had them motives? Y'all may not, I have. Now listen. And it shall come to pass, in the day of the Lord's sacrifice, thou wilt punish the princes and the king's children, and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. In the same day, I will all, I, same day also I, will I punish all those that leap on the threshold, which fill their master's houses with violence and deceit. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that there shall be a noise of a cry from the fish gate and a ha- and howling of the second and a great crashing from the hills. How the inhabitants of Mekedesh, for all the merchant people are cut down, all they that bear silver are cut off. He's going to punish all of it. He's making a statement, guys. Can he make the same statement against me? Can he make the same statement against us? Can he cut us off? Not eternally. That's not talking about going to heaven or not. That was done by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to lose nothing. We know that. We love that. 
especially when we read that we can get in this condition here and now. And here is the verse that sums up the way it looks today. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men. He's going to go to Jerusalem. That's his city, right? That's where his house is. Where Solomon's temple still stands at that time. It's still there. And what do you do when you light a candle? What would you light a candle for? Hmm? To see, you're looking for something. Now, what was he looking for? Well, the Lord knows exactly what he's looking for. He's given the imagery. He's looking for the people that are in Jerusalem, his people, and they're still going to be punished. What is their condition? Why? What is the big problem? Here's the big problem. I will punish the men that are settled on their lees that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. They don't think the Lord will do anything. They're indifferent whether he will or not. They don't care. Do you care? Does Jesus care? Does the Lord look for repentance and true worship in his house? Does he look for it in your house? When I say that, because the church is you. You're the church. And it's my prayer that we bring these next ones up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord that this house will stand. And they won't be indifferent and say that the Lord won't do anything about it anyway. Because he does. There are many churches in this land that no longer exist. Around Lake Association, Primitive Baptist churches. You read of four or five of those churches that no longer meet. Now those are churches in this area. That's not any, That's not far away. That's... Those churches cease to exist. Why? Because they didn't what? Can it be heresy? Yes. Can it be the cares of this life took it away? Now, I want to say something else, too. I've heard a lot of times that they say that we declare a church out of order. They're no longer a church. How can we say that? The Lord is the one who can blow out the candlestick. That's his job. But he does. He didn't tell the church at Sardis to go get the candle of the light to see him blow the light out. Got that from Sam Wright, by the way. What had happened at the church of Laodicea? They said, because we have stuff, we're okay. What happened to the church at Ephesus? They left their first love. Three churches allowed false doctrines and false prophetesses and all these things, Jezebels, into their camp and didn't deal with it. What happens to churches when they do that? They lose. Because God 
will not stand for lies, false doctrine, or false practice. If you said it was wrong then, it's still wrong. And he still punishes those that don't follow him the way that he intended for them to be followed. And God is absolutely right to do so. Verse 14. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near. And hasteth greatly. In the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. Do you ever, have you ever seen that in the New Testament? Peter denied that he knew the Lord three times. And Luke's gospel says after he denied the third time, the Lord looked on Peter. The Lord knew where Peter was. And Peter had to go out and weep some bitter tears. You think we can weep some bitter tears? Can we look at Zion and say, what has happened? What has happened? The church must stand. If the church will stand, it can stand until he comes again. We've got to put this in some good ground, folks. These things that are taught in this word, we need to hold on to them ferociously. Fervently. I won't see this church continue on for generations until the Lord comes again. But it starts now. And maybe the Lord will be gracious to continue us another generation like it did in Josiah's day. Or maybe even beyond that. But what did this group of people have to do? They had to repent. With their heart. They had to... The book of Malachi. Now Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, we talk, we've heard of that one. Bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. Before he gets to that point, he says... Children of Israel, take this word and lay it to your heart. You need to take even the parts that make your belly bitter as much as you take the part that is sweet as honey in your mouth. Because I have a question. Here's an illustration for you. Right now, we got a little fella at home. He's not feeling as good as he'd like to. They've given him a medicine that's white. And it's Rough smelling, I tell you. What's going to happen when he takes that? Yeah, I saw a face It was like that. But guess what? But you're going to get better after you take it, right? But what's, what's it going to do? It's going to be bitter, bitter in your belly, bitter in your mouth, but it'll make you better. But there's sometimes we can have things here sweet too, can't we? How many of you like having a good meal and nourishes you and gives you also, also gives you strength? More pleasant to the mouth, though, isn't it? More pleasant going down. It can strengthen you as well. But sometimes we have to take the things that are bitter. Peter had to learn. Sometimes we do too. John Mark had to learn. But thank the Lord he had a Barnabas to help him. Can we be Barnabases to one another? Encourage one another to continue in his ways. May the Lord bless you and keep you as I pray.
Thank you for listening to the Firm Foundation. If you'd like more information about the Primitive Baptist Churches of this area, you can email me, newbuildedpbc at gmail.com. Join us next week to hear another Bible-based message on the Firm Foundation.